Optimal circadian health helps people struggling with fatigue, rainfall, crashes, and other nagging symptoms finally reclaim their energy and health without relying on endless supplements, lab testing, and restrictive diets. I'm Dylan Peckis, MD, and this podcast answers one question. How can you reclaim your energy levels and health even if you feel you've tried everything? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All of this information is 100% free, so please subscribe and review our podcast. Hey everyone, it is Dr. Dylan Peckis here from Optimal Circadian Health, and today we're going to take a deep dive into cortisol on this episode of Ask Me Anything that is relevant to not weird things. So it's really not a true Ask Me Anything, it's Ask Me Anything related to health, fatigue, all that good stuff. So again, submit your questions if you haven't already, because we're gonna address some of them here. Again, go to m.me forward slash fatigue. That will go to Facebook Messenger, where you can just send us a question there and we'll get you taken care of, put it in the queue. Now, we're gonna dive into these questions on cortisol. It's so, so important to understand cortisol because it is like the, the boogeyman of fatigue. You'll go to your doctor and you you express your concerns about cortisol and because you've done some reading and feel you have adrenal fatigue. Now, I'm not saying adrenal fatigue is real or not real. Your symptoms in your misery is is very real, but they may not think that way. And then you get a lab test. You just get one serum cortisol. It's fine. But then you go further down the rabbit hole. You read more about cortisol and how it's not that simple. And it's not. That's why we're having this episode. But as a piece of that, that's why then you'll get the salivary testing. Get your four, po- four point, not four pony cortisol. And then you have more data here. But now you have more confusion of like, what is going on? What what should I be doing? And that, that's why we're having this episode. And I'm really, really happy and glad to be able to answer these questions. Because for myself, having gone through these issues, that exact same experience, seeing the endocrinologist driving like two hours to see an endocrinologist a guy who he's an expert on hormones despite looking at him as and his hormones being very clearly out of whack we'll just go past that but also in terms of just the 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 intersection of my own personal experience the medical background coming in here the research background on cortisol and all these hormones and of course all the experience in helping people just like you with these cortisol issues get to a level of where they're functional and the cortisol looks hunky-dory so we're going to get into the first question here which oh wait before we do that we got to do my favorite thing here which is as you know the medical disclaimer here. So essentially, I am not your doctor. This does not replace a one-on-one doctor-patient relationship, whatever. This is not medical advice. This is all my opinion or provided from my own experience or research. This is for informational purposes only. You got it? Good. Great. So let's kind of come back in here. So first thing we're going to want to cover, first question and in terms of your questions when you submit them this is also questions that people will bring up on their breakthrough call with us or maybe they'll put it in the form and that's why we want to be able to help people get that level of clarity so this question here is i stopped hydrocortisone over a year ago 
why is it now high? Okay, so, and I won't name anyone's names for these questions, but essentially with stopping hydrocortisone, and yes, I know it is spelled incorrectly there, there should be an additional E. Either way, you put on it, and why is it, why is cortisol now high in response? And the reason this question is so good, because now you get to learn more about cortisol and how it does not work in isolation. Because one of the biggest problems, the old ways of viewing this is just cortisol, it's either high, low. And sure, people may look at it over the course of the day, but even then, there's more that you must know. Because when you don't, that's when you're chasing cortisol. That's when you're taking the adaptogens. That's even when you're put on hydrocortisone because cortisol is low, so you just add some back in. But that's not gonna get you to where you need to go. And here's why. So one, when you're taking hydrocortisone, it is going to replace the function of cortisol being produced by your adrenals. Now, why is this bad? Now, there, there's, good, there's good components to it. Don't get me wrong. It will help you kind of sustain things and, and be another Band-Aid here. Will it allow you to shift back into a natural state of health? Probably not. Will it help you continue to be in a place of survival mode? Yes, for better or for worse. And here, as you're adding hydrocortisone to the mix, there's a lot of different effects. The first thing you wanna think about are the receptors. Okay, so pen and paper here, if you're listening, watching, or you can even write in the comments below, pen and paper to take this in. So the receptors will start to go up in terms of their resistance. And a more simple way of saying that is you're gonna have less receptors, okay, that are functional. You may have less receptors quantity as well. You'll also have a lower quality of the receptors. It's not so straightforward, okay? <laughs> At the end of the day though, you're not able to get the cortisol message across in your body because all these hormones, all they do at their core, they float around, float around in your body, and then they bind onto a receptor. And then an action is taking place as a result of that, okay? And that's essentially it. So I'll refer to it as the cortisol output of the system. So when you're taking hydrocortisone, the output, the effect is gonna be reduced. And so as a result, your body is going to down regulate these receptors because it's like oh okay we, we we get it we got the cortisol message we, we we're gonna downgrade the receptors and also make some of the remaining receptors resistant to this artificial cortisol where else when else do you see this think of diabetes this is like insulin resistance because again it is the conventional paradigm of like here you go here's a drug okay so we can send all the people in Pfizer and their kids off to college. And as a result, it, it's the quick fix, but someone with diabetes who they're not told to change your diet a whole lot, just, yeah, keep, just take more insulin. Don't worry about what you're eating. That will then lead to more and more insulin resistance, which means they need more and more insulin to get the same insulin effect back over to cortisol. The same thing will happen. And so, when someone then comes off of this, 
Here's the thing. They have low cortisol receptor quantity and quality. And now they're trying to function naturally and normally. And then keep this in mind because essentially what this will do is then throw your body back into a state where it's just trying to get through and it will overproduce cortisol to, to get by in survival mode to replace that. So essentially it will reduce cortisol resistance. And now when you go to get tested, you're, you're still in this resistance state. It's just your own cortisol now. And you didn't really fix the problem, which is the second bigger piece here. So cortisol at the core, essentially it's going to bind to a receptor and it's gonna go into your cells. It's going to affect two main things, your nuclear DNA and your mitochondrial DNA. And a third thing is actual metabolic pathways inside of your cells. So let's break this down. Cortisol action happening or dysfunctioning. You're not, your body's not able to produce the right proteins so that your body is nice and efficient. It's not able to produce the correct machinery based on the instructions from that nuclear DNA. A machine that is less efficient, does it need more energy or less energy? It's gonna need more energy. It's gonna be more inefficient. It's gonna require more fuel. And that's why it will just be this big energy suck and drain inside of your cell. Also for reason number two, the mitochondrial DNA will start to degrade and now you have poorly functioning mitochondria. And in case you didn't get the memo, mitochondria are the powerhouse of your cell. They are what produce energy. So if you miss out on that, again, now you have a less efficient machine and you have less energy being created inside of that machine. And then number three, it's gonna shift you to a certain metabolic phenotype. Fancy language, but essentially what that means is you're a sugar burner and not a fat burner. What is one of the big symptoms of being on cortisol? Cortisone rather, or naturally high levels of cortisol. You might get a little bit of fat around your belly, no matter what you do, how you eat, how you exercise, you're not able to be someone who can actually burn that fat. This is what so many people will come to us. And you know, many people they'll be like, okay, I got like these 10 different health issues, here you go. And one of them is almost always overweight. And it, it may not be just eating too much or simply that, it's, it's really this core metabolic problem where you're sugar burn because your cortisol is too high. And so we've had clients of where they come in, their cortisol sky higher, they're on hydrocortisone, they have excess weight, and we get them fixed up, inflammation comes down, their system's working better, and guess what? They're able to now lose weight. And many people who have excess weight in the short amount of time that we work with people, they will lose, you know, at a pretty good rate, two to three pounds in that, you know, initial eight to 12 weeks, per week, two to three pounds per week. Because when your body kind of switches back to where it should be, boom, that's when things start to work again. You can go away from sugar burning, now you can use actual fat burning here. But here's the thing, when you're just using artificial cortisol, guess what? You're causing damage to all those three things, nuclear DNA, mitochondrial DNA, and then you're increasing the demand of sugar burning. And then when you take it away, 
the, the hydrocortisone, guess what? These are three problems that are still existing and have not yet been addressed. And now you're gonna throw a fourth problem to it, your own cortisol not being produced, because when you take it artificially, it's gonna suppress it naturally. And then guess what? Now you have the residual problems and you don't even have the Band-Aid available anymore. And so then your body will go into the state of being in like super haywire. And then the only solution is to raise your cortisol back up, 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 up to get by. Because you have not addressed these issues. Okay. So that's what will happen. That's why it's high. Now, the other piece of this is the second question that was submitted. Why is my... AM slash morning cortisol low. So this is in reference to the four point saliva cortisol test. And this is something where many of our clients, when we're doing our first one-on-one -on -one session, they submit lab work. I see this test a lot. You get, you know, you see the four points. It has those kind of like shaded things where, you know, like normal range, low range, high range. And for the most part, this morning one's pretty low. So why is this? There's many reasons. One of the more common is actually supplementing with melatonin. Why is this? Well, one, you probably were told by your functional medicine person, oh yeah, go ahead, take some melatonin, it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be great. Oh, your melatonin's low, you're, you know, just for some reason, when you get older, your melatonin goes down, so you should just replace it. I want you to, to write this down. If your body makes it, there is a very high probability you should not take it. There's exceptions to the rule, but that's the general gist of it. Just like what we mentioned with hydrocortisone, which yes, if your adrenals have literally exploded and they're not working, yeah, you're gonna need hydrocortisone. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything against the standard of care there. But where you end up in despair is when your body is in a point of where you're adding these things in and this drives your cortisol sideways. So this is why many people, if you're waking up sluggish, either with or without melatonin supplementation, this is how it's gonna show up. So what is going on? That's a great question. So essentially, let's say if you're taking melatonin. Melatonin, if you're having a pharmacological dose of it, whether if it is just 0.2 milligrams or some people I've seen as high as I think 10 or 20, what I've seen from some of our clients. And then guess what? That melatonin is going to be elevated the next morning. That's what I saw on one of our clients. He was with functional medicine, spent $100,000 there, got nowhere. He was actually still in their program when he worked with us. Guess who got him the result? And in the morning, his melatonin was sky high. And he's having all these downstream effects of wacky cortisol with ACTH and dopamine and all that stuff. So when melatonin is high in the morning, guess what? It's going to go over to your adrenals and block this cortisol axis. So really quick science tangent. ACTH will come from your brain, your hypothalamus. Hypothalamus, pituitary axis. will go from there to your adrenals. And then it will stimulate the production of cortisol. But if melatonin is high in the morning, it will prevent that from happening. These are the things you're not told. Your doctors may not even know this. Your practitioners may not know this. 
But this is something so critical of when you're trying to just, oh, your sleep's not good. Let's let's just throw some melatonin at it. It's not that simple. If it were, you know, there wouldn't be a need for 100 different supplements. You would have figured this out by now. But yet you're still here searching and looking because that way is not working. So the new way is understanding how these receptors work, how things can interfere. And then also, again, back to this dynamic, melatonin and cortisol. This is so important. That's why I'm like saying it like that kind of obnoxiously. A lot of your hormones are like a seesaw. And there's one pair that's pretty classic. Okay. This is cortisol and melatonin. They're going to be like a seesaw here. Okay. And essentially what's going on is that, it, I mean, it's just like a seesaw. Melatonin goes high. And then later as melatonin is coming back down, back down, cortisol will go up in response. So if your morning cortisol is low, it may not be a cortisol problem at all. It may be a natural melatonin production problem at night. Because if your body is not able to produce enough melatonin, let's say it only goes up a little bit, think of the seesaw, it's not going to swing as much. So your melatonin not really going up as high as it should be, that's also one of the top causes of a low morning cortisol. And that is coming right back to your sleep quality, which is, guess what? Guess what that's tied to? That is going to be tied to your mitochondria. So a lot of people get this like misnomer. They're like, oh yeah, you know, you guys are just going to help me sleep and da 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 da. I mean, yes and no. Because it's not so much sleep. Because you have so many people who hit you over the head with sleep hygiene all day long. Go to the bed at the same time. Uh, electronics at the bedroom. Uh, write down 50 things you're grateful for. And then fold a crane on your table or put it into your, your dream weaver. And then you'll be protected from everything at night. Not going to happen. It doesn't necessarily help with your sleep. Because I've been there too of where you have this like evening routine that would make the emergency plans for a state, you know, for a country look like embarrassing. We're like, okay, at 8.55, I'm going to turn the lights. I'm going to turn these three light bulbs off and leave that one on. And then at this time, the TV's got to be off. And I'll read a little bit. And when I'm reading, I'm going to be in this chair. And then I'm going to sit over here and do my meditation. And then when that's done, I'm going to sit in my bed, journal my grat. I'm just going back to my evening routine that had me waking up three, four times a night back when I had my issues and was waking up and eating granola like it was my job. It was delicious, but also terribly destructive to my physiology. That aside, it's not all about sleep hygiene per se. Because when you have bad sleep, Yes, there's behavioral pieces. There's the mitochondria piece to it. Because what if I told you this? This is important. Your ability to sleep is directly tied to your mitochondria's ability to produce energy in the form of ATP. I won't say it again because I said it obnoxiously slow for me. I speak a little fast, but that was like, whoa, like slow-mo. And essentially what that means is that when we think about all the energy 
consumed by your body, half of it will be while you're sleeping. And technically it's half of the fat you burn across 24 hours will be while you're sleeping, which doesn't really make any sense if that's potentially eight hours or one third of the day and you're just laying around doing not a whole lot. So how, what's going on? Because your mitochondria have to essentially produce energy and this allows proteins to, you know, expand and contract, expand and contract because your brain is designed to be in this like condensed state when it's sleeping. This is why your, your neurons will actually shrink. This will allow a lot of the, the cerebral spinal fluid, I was gonna say lymph-like fluid to drain out. You may have heard of the lymphatic system. But this all hinges upon your neuron shrinking and condensing. What causes this shrinking and condensing? Imagine you have an accordion or uh, let's think of a jack-in-a-box. Pushing the spring down on the jack, does that require energy, yes or no? Yes, it does. That's what the ATP is gonna be used to do is to condense these proteins. And there's gonna be other things your mitochondria are doing, all right? It's gonna be, you know, actually constructing the water networks of inside your cells to further compress these things further and further. And when it doesn't happen, then it can't sustain those sleep cycles. It can't get you deeper and deeper. And when that's not happening, here's what you'll not only have. So you'll have low morning cortisol. You're someone who's not having dreams or remembering them. You're someone who's waking up constantly multiple, multiple times in the night because your body can't sustain that deeper level of sleep. You're waking up and feeling like your head is heavy and fuzzy. Do you know why that is? Think of it. When your brain can't condense its neurons, all that stuff, physiological stuff or physiological schmutz, which is indeed the technical term. No one challenged me on that. It's, you can go look it up, physiological schmutz. Don't look it up, it, it, it's just something I say. But that will stay in there because you haven't been able to have the energy to condense everything. And then guess what? This comes right back to your mitochondria and this, because guess what? Your mitochondria make melatonin. I'll say that again, because I said that normal Dylan speed. Your mitochondria make melatonin. So if your mitochondria aren't doing well, they're not condensing or producing melatonin. So there's a melatonin problem. And then guess what? When your brain is in this like fluffed up inflamed state, guess what's not gonna work as well? Your brain's not gonna produce that ACTH as well. The hypothalamus and pituitary gland are gonna be affected. This is why so many people, it's never, it's really rarely ever just, I'm just tired and have poor sleep. It's, I'm tired, I have awful cortisol and awful sleep and awful hormones, other hormones, because when your brain is not able to condense it's in this like fluffed inflamed state, those areas of your brain are not gonna work as well. And instead, the thing that's gonna be activated is your limbic system, your sympathetic nervous system. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. The sympathetics lead to a release of cortisol, yes, but also no, because if you're not able to produce ACTH, it can't go where it needs to. It's, it, you're gonna rely on catecholamines instead, epinephrine or norepinephrine for my UK brethren, that is adrenaline and noradrenaline. And essentially, then you that's when you have the short-term burst, and then, short-term, and then you're just, oh my God, here we go again. 
because that sympathetic system is being used on the short-term basis, the survival mode. And just like you, when you're focusing on your survival mode every single day, that's when you're just like focused on just paying your bills. Just paying your bills. Okay, I gotta get Christmas gifts. Okay, you're just focused on the next thing, but not being able to see to a greater future of where you're able to have a higher quality of living here, okay? Like that is what will separate. You think about people who, you know, they put money away and invest it versus people who are like, oh, okay, here's life. Okay, I just need this like quick fix to get by, quick fix to get by, quick fix to get by. That's where many of you and where I was get stuck. Just trying to put band-aids and slap band-aids on things that are just leaking instead of being able to take the time and kind of take care of it all. That's that pattern of survival mode. And that's why every day becomes a grind of where you don't even know the pain and discomfort you're in because you can only focus on the next thing for survival until you grind away so much that you have nothing but to focus in on. Your ability to, you had to drop down to part-time work or you had to take sick time and you realize by the end of those two weeks, you're still not even like able to get back there. And that's when survival becomes a shrinking, falling, walls coming in issue. And it all starts with not only your body and falling apart, but also all the different pieces and the patterns that you're forced to go into when your body can't function. So that's why the morning cortisol is low. A few awesome points there. And being able to kind of get it there, again, all around the mitochondria. And again, you wanna submit your questions, it's up here. And also it's m.me forward slash conquer dot fatigue. Go to Facebook Messenger, it'll just let us know, okay, here are these questions. And then we, we put them into our little queue there. All right, next question on cortisol. How do I fix my low slash flatline cortisol? So this one, I mean, this one was probably one of the more common ones because a lot of times people, I mean, high cortisol, we could go for days. I want you to fix that. Like, is it your marriage we need to fix? Is it your stressful job? It could go on for days and days. There's so many other factors. But low, what do you do? Are you gonna like bump up your cortisol, go to hydrocortisone? Wait, we 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 just mentioned how that would crash the system further. Are we gonna take things to to lower it, like herbs and adaptogens? That's just gonna lower things regardless and just take away the system's ability to work. So with this one, it comes down to those core issues. Okay, so do you remember what they were? Nuclear DNA, mitochondrial DNA, and then also those metabolic pathways and the sympathetic nervous system, we'll throw that in there. So one, two, three, four, let's go. So the nuclear genome or DNA, whatever you wanna call it, essentially it is going to have these instructions to be read, to make proteins. So you wanna be able to do things for yourself based on your own individual needs. It may be diet, it may be certain supplements. I know I knock on supplements a lot, but that's something that is pretty critical there. Maybe, I don't know, I don't know you, I'm not a mind reader. And then also lifestyle changes. What are you doing in the morning? What are you doing in the evenings? What's going on in your environment? And being able to find, all right, what can we do here? What are the big problems? What are the big things missing? What needs to be optimized? So that you can be able to turn these, these genes on in a way of where 
you're efficiently producing proteins. You're producing the right proteins and able to bring the efficiency of your system back up. Okay, that's like one of the most important things. Then the second piece, mitochondrial DNA. When you fix that, similar thing, you're looking at all these different factors, including other things like, like sleep. Yes, improving sleep quality will, will also help with the upward spiral of mitochondria, but of course you need to do more specific things for your mitochondria to help address that from both issues. Then you have more energy, okay? Efficiency increases, energy increases as well. And then not only are we talking about efficiency in the sense of things being produced from your DNA, then whole body metabolism here needs to be better coordinated. Because essentially when you have a flatlined cortisol, it's just your body like quitting. It's like, all right, I'm done. I, I cannot do this anymore. It's just like impossible. Okay. And that was a really bad Spanish accent. Sorry. Or the B. We'll just keep going. Don't ask me how to pronounce things ever. Okay. It's really bad. I'm surprised I don't say like cortisol or flute lined. If you're still watching, congratulations, because I'm just now remembering what we were talking about. See, I too know what it's like to lose your train of thought, but that's why we're here to fix that. So your body's rhythm, circadian rhythm. I may say optimal circadian health every now and then. And that's kind of what happens here. So your body, a bunch of gears inside there, right? And then that is when you're able to be more efficient your cells are all working together, the ones next to each other, then the organs are working together. You know, instead of when we're talking about the hypothalamus to the pituitary gland to the adrenals, that's now more properly coordinated. And it's not as much effort for everything to work, okay? Now it flows a lot more smoothly, and then you're able to almost restart the hormonal system. You're able to get your body back into a point of where cortisol's acting as it should. It's higher in the morning. When you wake up, it kind of goes down throughout the day, and then it's back up in the morning. So you want to be up and active and awesome, all that fun stuff. And then the other piece, the metabolic pathways, right? So we had the metabolic pathways, and then we're going to talk about the nervous system. Those metabolic pathways being able to undo the damage that has been done. And it depends because, again, the goal is to get more towards fat burning, which is as you may be surprised, it's not as simple as just burning more fat in there. Because think about it. If you had an engine and it doesn't burn diesel, like your car engine, do not do this as an experiment to prove me right or wrong. You've been warned. That's even more important than the medical disclaimer. If you put diesel engine, if you put diesel fuel into your normal car engine, is it going to end well? No. It's not. I don't know exactly what happens, but that engine is not going to be the same. It's going to like fall apart. So when an engine cannot process a fuel, just dumping more of that fuel into it is not going to fix it. Despite what your paleo people or alternative naturopath biohackers may say, it's not. So that's why you need to find out, okay, we're gonna look at these metabolic pathways and not so much on labs, because again, you've been down that rabbit hole, but being able to look at you, the person, okay, what's your sleep quality like? How are you crashing? How do you respond to exercise? All these different factors will tell us which pathways are like just completely falling apart. And then being able to give you specific action steps to be able to replete those. 
which is typically more commonly nutrition or supplements, but also other things as well. Like, what are you doing with your exercise? Let's talk about that. How can we more tailor that and optimize it to you? What is your evening routine? How can we set that up so you're not depleting and overusing carbohydrates again? So we do that and then those things correct. And then once that's better, guess what? Now your mitochondria can then have the ability to then burn fat and things like that. So that's how we get all fixed that up in there. And then the other big piece of this, this is the nervous system. Because you know how we talked about the, the ultimate effect in output of cortisol. Get your body to a place of where you can go. That's really it. But the thing is, if you're using your sympathetic nervous system in that short term, but you're hitting the short-term emergency button all the time, okay, you're just like hitting it like your, you know, your cat scratches at the the box of kibbles. Because your cats are smart. They know the freaking kibbles are in there. Let's be honest. Okay. And they're so smart they train their humans to open it. At least my cats do. But when you're using the catecholamines, norepinephrine, epinephrine, or again, adrenaline, noradrenaline, then you get the same effect. You get the fight or flight. So your body's like, okay, well, we're just going to use the catecholamines in the short term, and we don't need cortisol. And, and, and again, it's that same scenario where your body's in survival mode. It's going to go for the short things to get through the next day and the next day because it can't see beyond the week or month or years just like you. So when you turn, turn that down and you take the faith and the leap to be like, okay, let's turn down the short-term survival mechanisms. This may be a little bit of scary. It's actually not really a scary thing that happens. Like one of our clients who was like in this, essentially just fight or flight, just constantly worried. Oh my God, I can't sleep, all that stuff. And not only because of like his gut pains and, and everything, and but being able to get him to a place of where you know, certain lifestyle things for him, other tweaks in what he was doing, being able to wrap it around calming his nervous system down. This is when in three days, someone who has been seeing functional medicine, integrated people for 18 months is sending me an email saying, hey, I am like, I slept through the night. I feel so much better. The pain is almost non-existent because that's what happens when you take the leap from survival mode into being able to allow your body to thrive. Okay, now there's gonna be some adjustments, maybe shorter, maybe longer, but that's how you ultimately get there. And when you do that, that's when things can kind of turn back on and get back to a place of where, oh, okay, let's do some cortisol. Let's go ahead and do that, All right? So that's how you walk through that process. Now, the fourth question is, why am I now having liver issues? Okay, the, the full question was, you know, my cortisol has been up and down, but now, I'm having issues with blood sugar, I'm having issues with detox, I'm having, you know, my um, ALT, you know, all those enzymes are elevated, what's going on? So your liver is a, one of the primary like circadian organs, in that it's coordinating where all these fuels go, okay? Remember the gears, coordination, that's, that's how I want you to view biological rhythms. And when that's off, guess what? It is just like if you had an airport and there's no airport traffic control. It's gonna be a crapshoot. And so it's gonna be sending out glucose at the wrong time. It's not gonna be lined up with insulin sensitivity. It's going to bring in the enzymes to detox things when they haven't even gotten out of the kidneys yet. It's this freaking mess. So that is when then you'll start to have liver issues because it's just a manifestation of 
your body not being able to create a proper rhythm, which is directly tied to cortisol dysregulation. Because again, we're gonna come back to the seesaw here. We have melatonin and cortisol. Melatonin is your night circadian rhythm hormone. Cortisol is your daytime circadian rhythm hormone. And if one is off, so is the other. So your cortisol during the day, when that's off, your body's rhythm is gonna be way off. And it's gonna show up in your liver. And then not only is your liver, this is when so many people are having gallbladder issues, GERD issues, SIBO issues, the list goes, leaky gut, the, the list goes on and on because it's all downstream of the liver here. And it's because this regulation of cortisol, then the liver is not gonna be able to coordinate its metabolism. And then the other piece is that your liver is very, 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 very dense in mitochondria because they have a lot of work to do in there. That's why if you have liver issues, detox might be an issue, whether it's mold, heavy metal, some other, maybe pesticide, some other toxin, those will be elevated because that requires energy to take a chemical, do some biochemical stuff to it, maybe add some molecules onto it so it can be secreted. But when your mitochondria aren't working, that's not gonna happen. Or when your mitochondria need to be able to do gluconeogenesis, they need to power that biological pathway and they might overshoot because they're trying to overcompensate or they might just be crapped out. And that is when you'll have these blood sugar you know, issues or, or feel like it at least. So that is why, because cortisol will directly impact the metabolism from your liver. So that's why all that will happen. The other organ here is why do I get heart palpitations? Why is your skipping? So palpitations will be, you know, faster. Skipping may be a PVC, a PAC, or just you feel like they're kind of like lurching, like, okay, what, what happened here? So there's a lot of things going on here. So one of the things is, you know, if your cortisol is going too high or too low or you've had a lot of stress, this will actually cause the electrical system of your heart to malfunction, which is directly responsible for the rhythm in which it is able to be. And it may be something that manifests under times of stress, which how many times you have these heart palpitations or skipping, or, you know, few people remember that when you actually lay down, that's actually your heart has to do more work because more of that blood is now towards your heart now and more stress. And that's why at night you may have palpitations. Your heart may be skipping. The other big piece of this is that when you have a cortisol issue, remember, it's not really that. It's a mitochondrial issue. Guess what also has a, a lot of mitochondria? Your heart, your heart does, right? That's why it's right there. So when that's going on, then it's not able to function as it should. It, it, may, not, it may be weak, so it's gonna have to actually pump more frequently to make up for the loss of strength of each individual pump. Or it may be in a place of where, because all the movement of all those electron, elect, I mean, the electrolytes, sodium, potassium, across the membranes of, and calcium as well, across the membranes of your cardiac muscle cells, that requires a lot of ATP. Again, that ATP, where's it coming from? Your mitochondria. If you can't do that, then the ability to regulate those Membrane potentials, the electricity, the voltage across membranes is going to not work as well. 
And that's why a lot of times you'll have cortisol and now like adrenal fatigue, cortisol issues. Oh, now we're having heart issues. And then when you're having heart issues, this is when you're having a lot of other issues. You're, you're lightheaded all the time. You're not really getting anywhere. And you just feel like weak and you're tired and you just have to lay, have to lay down. Like all of those places, that's where that will pop up. So that's really simply how that gets there. So this is something where we could, I mean, really continue to break all this down of why all these things happen. And as you notice, not all of it is, it's because you're not eating enough vegetables. You're not having the right supplements. There's really a lot of big things that are going on here that you need to be able to identify. And it's not going to be the same for everyone. It's just not. Some people, I mean, for the most part, there is a foundation, but some people will need more of certain ingredients than others. And it's really so important to figure out exactly what that is for you because it may be your heart is showing up, maybe your liver, maybe thyroid. We didn't even get into that. Maybe cortisol is just one of your hormonal issues. So there's individual things to be addressed for sure. But then there's also the foundation of like so many of the things that you may have never heard unless you've listened to other episodes about how these core components, your mitochondria, circadian rhythm are such a huge part of this. And if you're not able to address that, that's when you stay stuck. That's when you're that person who you feel like you've tried everything, but there's a whole nother world waiting for you in being able to finally resolve these issues. And if you want to finally be someone who leaves behind all that stuff that hasn't been getting you anywhere, in being able to finally be someone who's done with being a victim and finally ready to be a victor, finally ready to be someone who your effort, your time, money, everything is actually being able to now get returns, then I wanna be able to help you gain clarity so that you can actually make that jump. And so to do that, what we're gonna do the next you know two days or so, we're gonna open up our calendar here and invite you to one of our free breakthrough sessions. And so on this call, essentially what we're gonna do here, we are going to gain a lot of clarity, really figure out, okay, what's not working? Why might that be in being able to see what your goals are and what your obstacles to that goal are in being able to bring you to a place, a level of understanding of where you are able to see what this problem is, really be able to look at it in the face and then be able to see where your goals are and we'll be able to then lay out some strategies for you. And if it's something that you would want our help with, then you can absolutely, we can talk about that some more and be able to show you how we can help. And if not, we can steer to whatever else is best for you because this is all about you. Because I've been where you are. I've been with all the cortisol problems, helping clients with cortisol problems and finally being able to get them to a point of where their numbers are gonna look fine. But more importantly, they're able to look at their life and know it's fine. Be able to come home after a long day of work of where they had a job well done and then be able to be there with their kids, playing with them, going out fishing, going out all the fun stuff and being able to live life. Cause you did not live here to read a bunch of things on forums and not get anywhere and watch countless YouTube videos, listen to podcasts. That's not, that. that's the world you were forced into and it hasn't been serving you but it can serve you right now because you've been building a huge muscle of someone who does not quit, of someone who's gonna keep going. And when you do that, you build something far more important than the actual solution. You build an ability to be someone who's a fighter. You're never gonna quit until you get your solution. And when you do, that's when you are able to finally have that plan and get the most out of it. 
So yes, it sucks how much you've done and how much you wasted and how skeptical you become. But when you're able to bring that best part of you who wants so much more for your life, for yourself and the people you love and the people you want to impact, that's we can be able to have that high level of success that we get our clients to each and every single day of where we take people who have been suffering for decades into a point of where they get better in weeks instead of years, no matter how long it's been. But here's the thing. I cannot guarantee that our team can help you. Why? Because I don't know what your individual problem is. I would assume it's something with cortisol and energy levels, maybe sleep. (laughs) But the other thing is that we don't know how you're going to show up or the kind of person that you are. But if you are someone who is done with just messing around with the band-aids, if you're done with survival mode, and you know that there's a different level of energy and action required to get out of survival mode over the wall and onto your life that you deserve to have and it's waiting for you, then go ahead and book this free breakthrough call. It's at optimalcircadianhealth.com forward slash talk. You will go ahead, see a calendar, pick a time right there, and then you'll see a form come up, fill that out. That lets us know what we need to focus in on. And then, you know, there, 45, maybe 60 minutes, we help you get right through all those main checkpoints, clarity on the problem, what your goals are, and that strategy to help get you there. And so really, it's a call where if you're in cortisol confusion, this is what's going to bring you clarity, not only to that, but to your entire life. So go ahead, book your call. You deserve it. OptimalCircadianHealth.com forward slash talk. So thanks so much for watching, and I look forward to seeing your name on the calendar. Thanks for tuning into today's show. A brand new episode is released every week, so make sure to click subscribe. If you like what you heard, and if you want to see if you're fit to work with us, then head over to OptimalCircadianHealth.com forward slash talk. We'll get on the phone with you for 45 minutes, and we'll get crystal clear on three things. What's really going on with your health? the goals you should be working towards in your healing journey, and the exact strategy to get there. Reclaiming your health does not happen without expert guidance. We've helped clients of all ages all over the world with all sorts of diagnoses who feel they've tried everything for decades and finally get their lives back. So to see if we can help you do the same, then head over to OptimalCircadianHealth.com forward slash talk. I'm Dylan Peckus, and let's talk soon. This podcast is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease and does not equal or replace medical advice. Always consult with your physician and double check the validity of any suggestions on this podcast before changing your behavior. Content presented herein is the opinion of Dylan Peckus, unless otherwise noted. This information is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional and is not intended as medical advice. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the research and experience of Dylan Peckus. We encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. Optimal Circadian Health LLC is neither responsible nor liable for misinterpretation, misuse, damage, loss, injury, or misunderstanding caused through the content presented. Statements made on this podcast have not yet been evaluated by the FDA. Nothing presented should be understood as a recommendation that you should not consult with a medical or health professional to address your particular 
concerns. You're viewing, listening, sharing of this content, including implementation of any suggestions set out does not create a physician client or other professional relationship between you and the optimal circadian health LLC or any of its professionals.